We saw movies. Yep. Uh, we saw a bunch of them, actually. So this episode's gonna be like three movie reviews in a row. Yep. We don't even got trailers this nope. week. Oh, we don't? No, we, we got three movies. We just made that executive decision. We got three movie reviews. You didn't reviews. even discuss it with me? Listen, when it comes to making decisions, I don't discuss much with you. We're getting a walrus. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, so yeah, we saw three movies. Uh, I'm gonna put our reviews in order of which we saw them. Because we've had longer to sit with the older movies. Uh, and two of them we saw like right back to back, so it's not really that different. But Sure. We got Baby Driver. Right. We got Spider-Man Homecoming. Right. And we got The Big Sick. Yep. Three very different movies. Mm, that is true. That uh, is true. Let's do our normal breakdown for non-spoilery Baby Driver first. Okay? Wait, should we, should we do all non-spoilery or... Sure. Yeah, let's do all three movies non-spoilery, uh-huh. and then we'll get into spoilers in order. So let's just do, just and just for non-spoiler only, uh-huh. we're just going to do the three questions. Just the three questions. All right. Yes, okay. Ready? All right, all right, all right. Baby Driver. Yes. Did you like it? Yep. Would you see it again? Uh, yeah. Would you recommend it? Mm, yeah. Awesome. And did you like Baby Driver? Yes. So you would not recommend it? I would not not recommend it. Okay, okay. <laughs> and you would definitely not not see it again. I would definitely not not. I'm confused. <laughs> I want to see it again. Yeah. Yes, I do. Good. It was good. It, it was, was really it was, good. It was very good. So, Homecoming. Spider-Man Homecoming. You liked it? I did certainly enjoy it a lot. You would see it again. I would for sure. I want to. And you would definitely also recommend it. I would for sure recommend it. Especially if you're a fan of the Marvel Universe. Uh, They do a pretty good job of shoehorning this movie. Shoehorning sounds bad, but like fitting it in to the crevices. Weaving? Yes. Weaving it in? Of the other films in the universe. (laughs) You. Did you like going to Homecoming when you were in high school? Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Was watching Spider-Man Homecoming better than going to Homecoming? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's, yeah, that's uh, no, a that's, fair question. This is dope. Did you like the movie? Yes, I did. Would you recommend it? Uh, yeah, yeah. Do you want to see it again? I do, actually. I want to see it again, like, now. Okay. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, part what partially because I liked it, partially because I want to see it again. <laughs> because I want to make sure I'm judging it fairly. Sure. Because I do have some negatives. Yeah, no, I think... We're going to get into that later. But, uh, Big Sick. Big Sick. Do you like it? Yes. Would you see it again? Probably not. Really? Yeah. I don't think I need to see that again. Would you recommend it? Um, yeah. 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 I mean, not to, like, a lot of people, but if you are a fan of movies... That's an ambulance. That, yeah. <laughs> really we just left that silence there for an ambulance. Uh, no, I don't know how to finish that sentence. I mean, like, <laughs> I wouldn't recommend it. Do you it. enjoy things on a screen? I wouldn't recommend it to my mom um, or my, like, dad or my sister. But, like, I would recommend it to my friends, probably. Sure. 
and co-workers. Okay. And acquaintances. Okay. But not... Total strangers on high the internet. School, <laughs> not people I went to high school with. But yes, people I went to college with. Is this making sense? No. Okay. <laughs> did you... Did I answer all three? Yes. Did you like Big Sick? I did enjoy Big Sick a lot, actually. And would you see it again? Yes, actually a lot. I wow. like. I would like to see it again because it's an interesting take on movies that we've actually talked about on the podcast before. Um, but I want to get further into that later on. But okay. I do want to see it again because of how it blends two types of movies that I think are pretty interesting. Okay. One of those could not be a romantic comedy. Um, no, no, no. It's oh, not really. I was going to say, you don't find those interesting. Well, I it's find one of your very, most, I find it's one of your most hated. flawed. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, I was going to say one of the most flawed things about your personality. Is that I don't like romantic comedies. Yeah. Yeah. Um, no, no, no. Uh, I mean, it is technically a rom-com. Yeah. But, uh, I, I think it has more in common with, like, like, more modern dramedies. Uh, you'll see, like. I suppose. Yeah. I suppose that's fair. But like, uh, even if it is a comedy about romance, sure, yeah, no, I know exactly what you're talking about, and I totally agree with you. But like, I not... also see what you were talking about. And I totally agree with you. Cool. Now that we're in agreement, <laughs> baby drive. Wait. Oh did wait, you no. See... Spoilers are over. Wait, did you see? Would did I see I... it again? Yes. Do I? Do I recommend it for sure? Okay. Um, but no, spoilers I think I, I would. I would add the caveat, kind of like you do. Like, I don't think I'd recommend it to like people who aren't into this style right. of movie. And I so feel like, like this style of movie. Um, speed round your mom. No. Dad. No. Your brother. I don't have a brother. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> your uncle. Uh, which one? Interesting. Yeah. <laughs> che. Yes. Really? I think you'd get I it. I want see that. Yeah. <laughs> like, maybe like, Jesse. Do I, do I think he'd like it? No, yeah. but I would recommend oh, okay. it because I would think it would land. Like, it's very, the, the whole like different cultures mixing thing oh, is... Yeah. I like guess, yeah. I, I think it would land, you know, but like I, I don't think it would land like a fucking perfect ten. Hey, this movie's great, you know. Mm-hmm. I think it would just be like, oh yeah, it's a really interesting way to look at like marrying into a culture. Okay, okay, you know, that's mm-hmm. fair. That's yeah. fair. All right, no more spoilers. I mean, sure. more spoilers. Yeah, more Stop spoilers. Listening. To if you don't like spoilers, apparently, don't even bother listening to the rest of the episode because we're not going to do any trailers or anything. Yeah, so, so you can just cut all it off you here. Fans We've already got the play. Letting so you down. Hey, you're helping out our stats. Don't show. Uh, <laughs> That's rude. Yeah, just hang up. Okay. Uh, if this so, is a phone call, this baby is a driver. Baby driver. Let's talk about this movie. Okay. Because I feel like when we talked about it, when we got out of the movie theater. Mm-hmm. But this is kind of the same thing you had with uh, with Spider-Man Homecoming, where you kind of only talked about the things you didn't like about it. Well, I want to so know much easier to talk about. Sure, but what did you like about this movie? Um, a lot of stuff. Um, I liked that this movie was um, such an impressive um, piece of technical work. You know, like, I think the no, things they did in this movie are extremely impressive on a technical level. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought that the movie was very funny. I thought that the, the humor was just a different kind of humor than what I would have expected from an Edgar Wright movie. And not even a different kind. It was just almost all of one kind without much of the other kind. Sure. Um, but I guess I'm not, I don't know if I'm allowed, I don't know if that was really something I liked. I did think the physical aspect, the physical comedy was very, very good. Well done. Um, the soundtrack was great, obviously. The acting um, was about half and a half. I thought um, Jamie Foxx was a little too much. However, I did think Kevin Spacey, which I think we may differ in opinions on this, I think Kevin Spacey did a great job. 
I didn't be- say I thought he was. Well, no, you didn't. You just didn't think he was like. The, I mean, like, I will, I guess I could see that this isn't the best Kevin Spacey, but he's also, also... in a very little. Like, no, he is, but I think, much like Top Chef, <laughs> he was able to show restraint. Restraint? Would yes. you put a T on that one? Yes, it is. He, would, he was restraint. Well... Two T's, actually. I don't know. Is this a spelling bee all of a sudden? <laughs> no, he was showing restraint in, I think, what he was doing, because I think he could have... He you could know, have chewed the scenery to, a little bit more. Yeah. I mean, he could, yeah, he could have tried to do like full on Kevin Spacey and been a little like, you know, sh- more Frank Underwoody. Yeah, <laughs> sure, yeah, I mean, yeah. It, you know, and that level of acting. Um, but uh, the kid who who plays Baby Ansel Ansel Elgort, I believe is his name. Um, I thought he was great. He had a lot of on screen uh, on screen like charisma. For I someone think he's who in like, not- every shot. Which is weird. He is probably, I mean, yeah, yeah. <laughs> probably almost every shot. Um, I, I do think he had a lot of on-screen charisma, especially for someone who did not have many lines. Sure, yeah. Um, the story was not great, but it was not something that I think impeded on the viewing experience. No. Um, as opposed to, like, It Comes at Night, which, do we talk, we have an episode on that? I think we talked about it briefly, but we didn't really like right. Our so, well. so unlike that one, the yeah. story did not bother me. Like it, it was underdeveloped and and you know kind of lackluster, but in a way that did not ruin the viewing experience. Yeah, I think a lot of that comes from it not being a mystery the way it comes at night was. Like this is more of just kind of like events play out. Sure, those events are pretty stereotypical for like a an action film, but yeah. like it's okay, it's fine. You know, it's a proven method because those movies work. Uh, I do want to talk, um, because you mentioned the acting kind of going half and half. Mm -hmm. Um, Do you think Jamie Foxx was, like, the only bad part of that? Um, I mean, I think John Hamm was just like, eh. I I actually really enjoyed John Hamm. Really? Yeah, I think the two people who went overboard were uh, Jamie Foxx and John Bernthal. But John Bernthal's literally in one scene. Who is that? He's He's the guy that plays the bank robber with... John Hamm in the first scene when the movie opens. Oh. Uh, with a, it, so the movie opens with an incredible car chase scene. It's really good. And yeah. the, the problem is none of the other chases get better than that, that car chase. It's really cool. Yeah, um, that's, that's but probably it, it, true. I think the other part of that, though, comes from the soundtrack choice and, like, uh, that scene really establishes what the movie's going to be. Mm-hmm. Um, so like I, I think we're I talking think about you're it. Right, with, they didn't like ease into it into yeah. the movie. The opening shot really laid it all out as far as what you would what you're gonna see throughout this movie. Yeah, because what it's gonna kind of like the, what the energy and tone of the movie are gonna be. Sure. So as like opposed to if building you, up to that. If you don't know what the movie's about, um, and you're listening to this, I don't know why, but uh, sorry, there was something on there, but um, I had to get it. I, I may have shaken the microphone. I apologize. You did. You I made know. noise. I know. There's gonna be a sound. <laughs> Might as well just stop now. Yeah. Um, right. No, but the mo- the entire movie is set to a soundtrack, but not in a way that, like, it's not a score. Right. Uh, it's almost like a playlist is going on the whole movie. It's, and it's very much integrated with the story yeah. and what is happening. A lot of the times they the actually reference, is. like, what song is actually playing at mm-hmm. a certain time. And, like, it, it weaves into even, like... I think the plot development and character development in terms of, like, yeah, for him, sure. you know, the, the love story aspect of it. and Yeah, yeah. There's a lot of, like, really cool stuff in there, and, and it, the, the whole movie's set to a beat. So, like, even there's a great scene that kind of establishes that right in the, the intro. It's Kevin Spacey counting money, and it's all set, like, the drum pits are mm-hmm. every time he puts a, 
a stack of money down. See, it's, it's, like that, great, I think... it's a really wonderfully made, mm-hmm. like, technical thing. But, like, what like what you were talking about. But it, it's also a really, like, novel idea. Like, nobody had ever thought of doing that before. <laughs> and I think that's interesting because I think we all kind of do it like, I don't know about you because you listen to music that I'm not sure this is really possible to yeah. do to, but... Like, when you're listening to, like, a really upbeat song, if you're, like, walking or doing something, you tend to, like, try to, you start stepping with the beat and stuff like that. You know, when you, like, when you start to move with the music in terms of, like, hitting certain points. Mm -hmm. I mean, it seems very, like, natural that this idea would have happened. Yeah, it's almost a weird deconstruction of idea. Because I feel like the opposite, or, like, what I'm talking, why I'm saying it's so different than a musical is because a musical is very much, like, we wrote the songs to be a part of the movie. As opposed to, like, these are songs that he had just heard Mm -hmm. and decided to make a movie around. And 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 that's cool. Not, like, but sometimes there are musicals based on actual songs like Mamma Mia or the Across the Universe movie. Sure. But it's not like that either. Um, Right, yeah. Because no one's singing it. No one, like, like, stops and just breaks out into music. But the the music is noted. It's not happening... Like without the characters in the in the movie's knowledge, and it's just for the viewer. Right. It is happening in the world that the characters are in. Yeah. Um. It's it's so interesting to me that no one had done this see, before because like we live in a world of music videos and YouTube, and no one had was like, here's hey, the thing, let's though. make a narrative around this playlist. Uh-huh. That's really cool. It is. <laughs> it is cool. And it. But and is the I narrative think good? that no. But like, <laughs> I, I mean, it's not terrible. It's just not really. Yeah, it's not great. Strong. True. Um, but I do think that, like, it is, like, it's worth saying, obviously, this is not the first time a scene has been... Set to music. Set in, in that way. Like, you know, Edgar Wright's done it in, I'm a, I think, all three of the... Yeah, in all, in all three of I his... only rem- very, very specifically remember Shaun of the Dead because it uses Don't Stop Me Now by yeah. Queen. Well, no, but, that that's not even the one, too. Like, that's not even the scene where he, everything, every movement is set to a beat. What you're talking about is more along the lines of, like, what Scorsese does in all of his movies, where, like, he has that long tracking shot that's always set to, like, a Rolling Stones song. Oh, or no, that's not or, like, what... like, Pink Floyd. Actually, you just told me what I was talking about. No, that's not what I was talking about. I was talking about Edgar Wright doing a scene that is, like, all the movements are hitting on beat. Yeah, that's I'm not, not they don't that's mess- not the pull fight scene to Don't Stop Me Now in yes, Shaun of the Dead. Is. No, in Shaun of the Dead the scene that's like synced up to music is right at the intro and it's we all the zombies. All the zombies are walking to the same song. Yeah, okay, like, but that yeah. does not I don't know, I disagree. Cuz they do the same it's almost exactly the same shot in World's End. When they're looking at it and they're walking to that beat and it's everybody's taking footsteps at the same time. Sure. And it's like super. But I still sane. disagree with you on Shauna of Shauna the Dead. Okay, yeah. Okay, I mean, we'll I just, Google it afterwards. It's fine. <laughs> no, that's fine. It's just like I don't think all of the contact and all of the like fights are to the downbeat, which is like the interesting part of Baby Driver. Like the downbeat is literally every punctuation of action scenes. Like that's really cool, particularly well, yeah, in, mean, like, that... in the tequila sequence. Like mm-hmm. when the gunshots are going off as the guy's hitting a snare drum. It's fantastic. Like, it's so good. It's it is. Just, it's like a really, really keen attention to musical detail that is really, really interesting. Um, and again, it's just like I had just never seen it in a whole film before. Yeah. Like, we've, we'd seen sequences like that in other Edgar Wright films, but never, like, every scene is shaped around that. That's, that's what I mean. Really cool. I mean, that, that's essentially what I was going to, like, where I was going with that as well, is that, like, I think 
It's not a new idea in terms that no one's ever thought of doing it. It's mm. just that no one has ever seen the value in it enough to go, I can make an entire movie that does this, as yeah. opposed to just a scene or a sequence. Sure. Or a one-shot thing. And it's like, um, it, it gets even crazier when you start thinking about the scale of the scenes he's doing it to. Like, it'd be one thing if it was only people walking or mm-hmm. only people dancing while doing laundry but it's not it's like full car chases mm-hmm. are set to music and that shit's fucking nuts like him shifting into gear set to a guitar solo where a guy is like moving up a fretboard is really fucking amazing that like means- stuff like that is super cool but i don't think like you have to be a a musical nerd like a like a musician or be a filmmaking nerd to like totally appreciate it i think most people will see it as an action movie, and they're like, yeah, that was pretty cool. But I don't think... I don't know. I feel like he, in most of the scenes where he does it, like, the the song, the the one-shot, like, Walk Down the Street song, yeah. the tequila song, um, and I think there's one more that's, like, super, super obvious. Uh, but not all songs in the movie are like that. Like, some of them are just, like, that's just the music. Then there's not necessarily, like, a ton of, like, matching... You know, it might be, like, one thing, like... No, the no, no, counting the dollar bills or something, but it's not like that. Yeah, there, is like every a, single song that plays has that happen. No, just like the diner scene is not like that, mm. and the diner scene is mostly dialogue. Um, mm-hmm. it, it, but like there is this like really great musical thing going on behind them as that's happening. And that, I feel like that stuff's really cool. It's just uh, like when you see the the attention to detail in the action scenes, that's mm-hmm. where it starts getting really fucking amazing mm-hmm. i think like as a fan of filmmaking i don't think you're gonna like if you're just kind of going in for an action movie i can totally see how some of those scenes might end up feeling a bit generic just because you've seen car chases you know i don't I mean? even like, know if you need to necessarily be like a film nerd i mean if you're going into this movie as an edgar wright fan sure you're gonna love you're it. gonna like it yeah, because yeah. it is still and very tons of edgar, people wright. Love edgar wright like, yeah uh, and if you're going into it as for an action movie, it's going to be a similar experience to seeing Drive, in my opinion. Yeah. This is slightly... It's a, a more fun... Slightly drive. more fun. I'm like, more yeah. fun and slightly more, like, energetic in the action scenes, because Drive is not sure. overly energetic in its action scenes. It's very, like... Uh, it's understated. It is kind of understated. That's a good word. Um, but, you know, in terms of, like, a, a movie that is crafted around, like, small, light dialogue... Mm-hmm. And in general, plot about a driver. Sure. And, um, <laughs> uh, like, music that is so, um, I don't know, like, important to mm-hmm. the, the overall viewing experience. They're very similar, actually. I mean, you know, yeah, not yeah. in genre. Not an approach to filmmaking. Not an approach to filmmaking. But they're similar in their execute. Well, not execution, either. It's more yeah, because like, that would be more. That yeah, would, yeah. That it's, would be more. The they're just very similar in the way they present their protagonist. And that's kind of cool. Like, yeah. he's very, like, quiet. And, and certain aspects of it, they, sure, yeah. you know, they choose to, you know, because it's not a ton of movies that are, go light on dialogue. Like, I feel like there's a thing in, like, only a few um, directors or, or writers, I guess, technically, can, to, in my opinion, can do it well where there is, like, a lot of dialogue. Because usually if there's too much dialogue, I feel like it's like those car rides where you're just afraid of being quiet and you're just like, listen, you're just not saying anything important. You're just talking to talk. Mm-hmm. Like, that can happen, to, in my opinion, very easily. And I feel like it's not, there's not a lot of filmmakers who are willing to make a light dialogue movie. Mm-hmm. This one... It kind of lands in the middle because if it's when it's the scenes with like 
Jamie Foxx, especially Jamie Foxx, he talks way too fucking much in this movie, actually. Um, <laughs> I actually think, too, that uh, Edgar Wright does his breast. breast um, best. Yeah, he does his breast. He does his breast. It's he true. does his best Quentin Tarantino pre- uh, like, uh, attempt in the dialogue in this movie. I think so. It tries to be, like, snappy and witty, and but not, like, British snappy and witty. No, yeah. Like the, like the Cornetta trilogy. Uh, it's just... It's, so, it's just kind of there. Uh-huh. Uh, it's fine. They're saying, like, catchphrase stuff or things that he maybe is, like, wanting to turn into catchphrases. They just don't, you know? Yeah, so that's where I think my, where I'm going to get into some of the things I didn't love about this movie. And one of it, one of the things is the writing. I didn't, I don't know if it was Edgar Wright trying to make a American film and, and not be super British about it. I do think that's a large part of it. So... Yeah, that, and I, I get that, Yeah, and I appreciate that he wanted to do that. That being said, he's just not as good at it, and that's to be expected, mm-hmm. but um, I think that, like, Ed, to me, Edgar Wright movies, when it comes to the, like, physical comedy, and then the, like, actual, like, audible comedy, I guess is what I'd call that. Um, but, like, the dialogue and the comedy within the dialogue, I feel like that is always stronger. Dialogue, comedy in dialogue is always stronger than the physical comedy. That in could an Edgar Wright film or just in, just in general? Film. No, in an Edgar Wright film. Oh, okay. But, whereas this movie, I don't think had, I don't think there was a single moment that made me, like, actually laugh. That being said, that is difficult. Because mm. I don't laugh out loud at movies. Unless it's really funny. I had a, there's like a lot of smirk moments in this yeah. movie. Yeah. Like, there's stuff that's a little funny. And the, like, there's also stuff that's like, this is going to sound really weird, but it's like kind of cute. Like, uh, very much, like very early in the introduction to the character of Baby, he's making a sandwich for his deaf mute uh, foster dad. Mm-hmm. And that's, it's just a really cute moment. Like, it's, it's funny because this like deaf, or this deaf mute guy is like ro- holding a speaker and you hear the music, and he's like, this is a good song, mm-hmm. you should stop fucking this up, you know? Like, like that stuff is very, it's cute and funny, um, but it's it's not like, ha <laughs> you know, it's not yeah. a, like a knee slapper of a moment or anything. No, but that, to me, that those are, in, you always, like, well, they're in all of Edgar Wright's movies. I think I've seen all of Edgar Wright's movies. I'm pretty sure you have. So. You've even seen most of his TV, so. Yeah, so. But yeah. <laughs> that's why, that's what I mean, I just think that, like, I think that he was so focused on making this such a, like, technically wonderful, cool experience that maybe the dialogue suffered a little. Yeah. And I think, I know that, because I heard, I think in an interview with, like, I think on maybe the, um, I don't know, maybe it was Conan or something, but he was talking about having worked on this film for a very long time, because um, he was talking about some experience when he was, like, 21 and it's the first maybe the first song in the movie that he was saying he heard it and he couldn't imagine anything but like a car chase because that's just the way that song like made him feel like it was music for a car chase so um you know so I I doubt that it was like an accident like he didn't spend enough time on it I just think he was so focused on the visual uh or technical aspects of it that I don't know it's not not particularly interesting visually like it's not like you're seeing you're being blown away by, like, new images. No, no, It's no. more just that it's, like, 
wow, the like sequences that you were putting together are super cool. Yeah, and, and then, then you can tell he there was a lot of time and consideration and, and attention crap. to and detail. And like he did, he did the Abrams in when making Star Wars Seven, where he was like, let's just do everything practical, mm-hmm. and that's gonna be rad. Like get, seeing shots of the actors while driving and like cars run. Like hitting into him and like cutting to his hand shifting and like that timing to I'm telling you that scene of like him shifting cut to a guitar solo is like really really great like it's it's really amazing it's two seconds but it's fucking awesome like it's just a really awesome little attention to detail that like somebody like Edgar Wright like some visionary kind of director like mm-hmm. that would totally pay attention to yeah ambulance yeah <laughs> listen we're setting this podcast to the sounds of the city yeah. <laughs> Um, Cityscapes. And, and a beagle walking around. Yeah. Because he refuses to just sit the fuck down for five seconds. Okay, so listen. I'm going to uh, have to pull the curtain back for just a second. We might have to pause the recording because my back is really hurting. <laughs> uh, okay, hang on. Quick break over. Yeah, we didn't even do anything. <laughs> movie magic. Audio movie. Yep. Audio movies. So, yeah. So, I mean, I, the, my only other big complaint other than, like, uh, the... Die, like the right, the writing mm-hmm. in the movie, and being, it's not that it's weak. It's, it's just, not. it's just generic. Yeah, yeah. I think that's fair, and yeah. and you expect more from like I guess I expected more to from be a, fair. F- well, from a from uh, an Edgar Wright movie. Yeah, but it's also to be like commended that you know, like his other three films with it, I don't know because we just saw Worlds End, and that movie kind of comes off more as like an action comedy. Mm-hmm. But like, his, I mean, I think they're all kind of action comedies, aren't they? I, I feel like Hot Fuzz and Shaun of the Dead are are more on the comedy end. And, like, this movie's very Hot much... Hot Fuzz? Really? Yeah. Like, the whole first hour of that movie is just jokes. Like, it's not really know. action scenes. Yeah, um, but the entire, like, last half an hour is nothing but an action scene. Yeah, it's very true. It's really funny. But, like, this movie is just... It's, like, more reliant on action than I think his previous films. I mean, yeah, uh, I guess, yeah. And I do think a lot of that is an approach to making an American film, you know? Sure. Uh, and I, you know, maybe that has something to say about the way British directors see American culture or something Probably. like that. But, like, it's it's interesting that he, that, like, to me, Edgar Wright is a very, like, unique vision in filmmaking currently. He's very modern and interesting while also retaining the things that you appreciate about classic filmmaking. Uh, and... It was cool to see his interpretation of what he thinks an American action movie should be like. And then setting his own twist on it, but instead of being like, that twist is like, oh yeah, we made a British comedy that's also an American action film. Uh He just made this like weird, super long music video thing. Like, it was super fucking cool. Like, I, there's just something about it that it has a real charm right out of the gate. Yeah, Um, that's true. uh, And I think that is, uh, I think... In a large part to the main actor. Yeah, Ansel Elgort. I don't like. I had never seen um, the Fault in Our Stars, which I know is what a lot of people know him from. Seen that movie? Yeah, um, I had only seen him in those those kids movies, the Divergent films or whatever. Wait, he's in that movie? Yeah, he's in two movies with Shailene. Two movie series, I guess. So he made the Divergent series with Shailene Woodley, where they play brother and sister, and then in Fault in Our Stars, they play. That's the same person. Yeah, they play. 
to look this up later. Yeah, Miles Teller is also in, in one of those. I think he's <laughs> in the Divergent movies. Yeah, he's yeah. also, I think, in another movie with her. Yeah. About dying also, maybe? Uh, the Spectacular Now. <gasps> oh, yeah. right. Yeah, I don't know what that's uh, about. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, but, uh, yeah, he... Um, that's him, really? Yeah. That's surprising. So he's her brother in the Divergent films, okay. and then he's he's her love interest in... Uh, the Fault in Our Stars. Okay. But I'd never seen The Fault in Our Stars, so I had, only, seen either of those. I had only seen him in the Divergent films, and he was like a supporting character who barely had any screen time. Uh-huh. So I was just kind of like, okay, you're a guy, you know? <laughs> so this is the first movie I see where he's like leading the film, and he, uh-huh. does, a, he does a very good job. He does, yeah. He, I think great. he, he brings a lot of charm and, and charisma to um, on screen, especially because the music is, you know, so closely tied to his character, almost solely. Yeah. That, like... He does a great job of making, I think, as a viewer, making you believe that it yeah. is that important and that it is like something, like it is almost second nature to him. Sure. Because there, there's it, a large... it is so smooth. I wonder how much he had to, re- like, some of those scenes rehearsing. Yeah, the, the rehearsals must have been nuts on those. But, like, I uh, I think a lot of that, and I think this is where you said we would differ, was the talk about the acting stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, I think a lot of what makes him better is the fact that he's surrounded by good actors. Uh, and then... I mean, that could be. Yeah, and then, like... He certainly is. It's the other thing that makes the movie enjoyable, too, because the script is, like, you're right. It's not a great script. It's not terrible. It's just not a great script. Uh, but these actors are delivering the shit out of these, like, pretty generic lines. And the only one I disagree with is... The female. Jamie Foxx. Yeah. No, I mean, she's fine. She's very generic. She does... Yeah, she's... Them generically. Yeah. I think Jamie Foxx pulled a, like, um... He went Elizabeth Banks in Power Rangers, where it was just, like, too much. Yeah. He went a little too far, because the writing already, for his character, mm-hmm. is annoying. Like, he's annoying, that character's annoying, sure. and then him playing that character was just even more annoying. I right. found him to be pretty insufferable, <laughs> which I get it, like, he's supposed to be the, like, antagonist, but... Well, not even, because the antagonist ends up being John Hamm. I guess technically, like, uh, it does, but he's the, like, false antagonist. Thing. Sure, he's he, the guy that you think you're going to hate because they make John I mean, Hamm so likable in earlier scenes. Yeah, you love him in this movie. Like, yeah. I think he's fucking hilarious. And then when he turns the, like, I'm gonna fucking kill you thing on, it's super believable because, like, he's scary. He's a big dude. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and and um, the I think when we got out of the movie, you were like, yeah, the, the threat that Kevin Spacey gives him in this movie is so intimidating without being, being aggressive. Baby. Yeah. <laughs> no, I think, Kevin, to me, Kevin Spacey is better than John Hamm. No, he's because great. Because he... I think played his character the right way, even if that meant being less like out there, like less. Sure, he's he play like to use the term we used earlier. He's very understated. He like, is he's, understated. He he just drops a casual, "I can murder everyone you love," mm-hmm, mm-hmm. in like a nothing sentence, right. and you're just like, "Fuck, that was good." Yeah, <laughs> like I said, in Top Chef, he's the guy that just salts the steak <laughs> and squeezes the lime juice over the planet's finished plate as opposed to the person mixing all the spices in. Sure. That makes sense, right? Sure. Uh, so yeah, there's there's a half hour on Baby Driver. I like um, it. It was, was it's a fun and super enjoyable movie. It's fun. Movie. I mean, yeah. not my favorite Edgar Wright film. I think it's, Still it's like my second or third. Um, I actually give Scott Pilgrim a lot of credit. I like that movie a lot. I mean, it is good. But yeah. I, and I can see I'm not his target audience. I'm not a, I don't play video, I don't get like half the video game references in sure. that yeah. movie. Um, but I guess let's hop right in to Spiderman 
Homecoming. Uh, Spider-Man Homecoming. Okay. Uh, so listen, no. I, I've had... No, here's the good thing about you just doing that, is that my Top Chef joke is, is no longer the, the worst, worst thing yeah. in this episode. Yeah. So thank you uh, for doing my, that. Uh-huh. Uh, so, Spider-Man Homecoming, it was very, very good, and I, when we left the theater... <laughs> I was not giving it, I think, enough credit because I was comparing it to Marvel movies that have had 10, 12 years I think, yeah, I think to like 12 years. develop and be very, very good. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then, after viewing Homecoming, we came home and started, and I say started because we did not finish, both of the other first installations in the Spider-Man. So we saw Spider-Man, the Sam Raimi film from 2002, I believe, and then we saw... uh, The Amazing Spider-Man. From 2012. And, man, they are not good movies. Uh, You disagree? I think they're fine. I think, like, a lot lot has to be said for the era in which those movies were released. Sure, Um, sure. I mean, that's fair. Yeah, like, I think Sam Sam Raimi's Spider-Man... Was like that that first group of these movies that was still kind of placating towards kids and like yeah it was real cheesy yeah and like you know they were kind of like yeah let's bring in this guy who makes these silly movies to make the silly movie mm-hmm. you know and it was like Sam Raimi did the best he could I think and like parts of that movie are pretty good like the only thing I can't forgive is Tobey Maguire you can't forgive I can't I oh. just still no I he's cannot. a bad he's a bad Spider-Man. it was a terrible oh. choice. <laughs> He is so old. <laughs> Even if he wasn't that old when that movie was made, he looks fucking old. His hairline is receding. He is not in high school. Okay. Stop it. But, like, we're not talking about that Spider-Man. No, we're not. We're but talking I'm about Spider-Man saying. Homecoming. And, like... And the amazing Spider-Man, I thought when it came out... It was fine. Was, I was like, <laughs> this is great. This is a much better way to do Spider-Man because I was comparing it to Tobey Maguire's Spider-Man. Yeah. And I was like, this Spider-Man is actually, is, he's funny and, and he's like, <laughs> just let me get there. I'm getting to okay. a point. <laughs> he's funny and he's like, you know, playful. And then we see Tom Holland. Ugh, God, <laughs> Tom Holland is, uh, what a what a beefcake. <laughs> He's 21. And he's not even like a beefcake either. He's, he's like not. tiny. He's like a he's, tiny. He's like a twink. He is a specimen. Though. He's a twunk. He's uh, a specimen. Yeah. And then we, from watching that movie, going back and watching Andrew Garfield, he comes off like a total asshole. Yeah. I'm like, okay. You're actually so not funny. That, that's what I wanted You're to talk a dick. about. When we were watching it, like I kept telling you, I was like, I don't fucking like this yes. movie. Like I don't like Amazing Spider-Man. Sure. A, I think it's the same fucking movie. It really is. All they did was remove, like, the super and cheesiness. And I was so happy that Homecoming... <laughs> I didn't realize it when we watched it, but after we seeing these, I'm like, I'm so glad we don't need to see the backstory of the Becoming Spider-Man. We don't need to see the learning how to use your powers. We don't need to see Uncle Ben die. We don't need to worry about your parents. Sure. I was like, oh, thank God you didn't do any of those things, Homecoming. <laughs> so, like... In retrospect, because we did do those things, and I've really started thinking about those movies and why I like Homecoming so much. So, <laughs> I like Homecoming a lot more than Lacey does. Um, I mean, yeah. Well, I just think I, it's, in terms of a Marvel movie, it was not my favorite. It was good. It, it's, it was very good. It's top three for me. Definitely not. Like, especially now that we, I've been kind of sitting on it, and, yeah. like, we watch those other movies. Yeah. And, like, we, I even watched, like, I have a, lot, a little bit more free time because I go to work so early, so that when I come home... I have been watching, like, Marvel movies, just to kind of, like, get them in my head, you mm-hmm. know? And we've seen, like, 
I've seen Civil War a bunch of times. I've seen Doctor Strange again a bunch of times. I've seen Guardians a bunch of times now. And then, like, uh, I we watched uh, Winter, Soldier. Winter Soldier, which is my favorite Marvel right. film. I think it's so the, what is the it? best one. Winter Soldier, Civil War, or Doctor Strange? No, I think it's going to be Winter Soldier... First Avengers, Spider-Man Homecoming. Oh, wow. First Avengers still stays in Yeah, there? I think the First Avengers is really can't good. Break, can't, can't be Whedon. Yeah, I mean, it's, unless... it's, it's just good. Like, it, it was kind of a miracle. Like, I think everybody was hoping that movie was going to be terrible. Like, you kind what? of, you almost wanted it to be bad. Ooh. Because, I don't, on paper, it doesn't fucking make sense. Like, how the fuck are they going to do all of these things? And then you see it, and it's like, oh, fuck, they pulled it off. Okay, maybe, <laughs> did you mean more you were, everyone was expecting it to be bad? Sure. Why would you want that movie to be? No, bad? yeah, I guess you're right. Like it's you're expecting it to be terrible. It's kind of like the same way you felt when you saw the BVS trailers, where you're like, "This is gonna be bad. This is gonna be bad." And then it's worse than you think. Yeah, yeah it was much worse. Whereas it like, much, or Suicide much Squad. Worse. Suicide Squad was like, "This is Suicide gonna be bad." Squad was not. No, I did not think Suicide. I Squad thought the first trailer was like, "This is gonna be bad," and then the second trailer came out. I was like, "They're doing this, yeah." And then it it's it ends up being bad. But That's like terrible. This movie does the opposite, I guess. Spider-Man Homecoming, the tr- the posters are awful, the trailers are bad, uh, and then you see this movie, and it's like, oh man. Here's what I like about the trailer. <laughs> they did not give away too much of the movie. Sure. Especially when it comes to the, like, the, like, uh, threat, like, the villain, I guess. That's a good way to say it. The yeah. villain of the movie. Yeah, Michael Keaton. Yeah, Michael Keaton's vul- Vulture thing. Yeah. They did not give they a lot like, of way about that. They almost, like, never call him Vulture, but, like, no, they, they say it, like, twice in the movie, but I think his name is Tombs? Tombs? Or Tom- yeah, Tombs. Um, but he's, uh, he's very good. Yeah. Well, yeah, Michael Keaton is very good. Yeah. Um, I think that... Well, I don't, I mean, I don't know. Where should we go with this? Okay, so I'm gonna, I just want to talk about the things I really liked about it. Okay. Because I feel like you're going to shit. I'm not. I, there's a ton things. of stuff I liked about this movie. There's just also several things that I did not think were that great. And I really only have one big complaint. Okay. So, we'll let you get to that. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, uh, this also comes when, like, watching the other movies. In retrospect, I really see why I like this movie so much. There's a thing that they say in both of the other movies that they never say in Spider-Man Homecoming, and it's good that they don't say it because we don't need that origin story. But it's that whole, like, with great power comes great responsibility. The first two, or like, Sam Raimi Spider-Man and The Amazing Spider-Man focus on the first part of that. They focus on the fact that, like, he's powerful. Like, it's like, oh, he almost, he tries to beat up a bunch of motherfuckers. They almost all, every scene involves him fighting, you know? Uh, Whereas, like, Spider-Man Homecoming really focuses on the idea of responsibility. And it's like, no, you need to be responsible. You can't be an Avenger yet, which is, like, what he wants to be hardest, uh, like, what he wants the hardest. He's, like... He has to be responsible. He has to do these things. He has to commit himself to school. You know, he, he has to do all these things for, for his friends. He wants to be a good hero. None of the scenes... That, I mean, he does fight people in this movie. But mm-hmm. for the most part, Tom Holland is saving people almost every time you see him. He's never, like, just doing... Getting into fights. There's really only one large fight scene in the movie. And it's against Vulture and it's, like, how the movie ends. And even then, that... And this is a major spoiler. Um... That ends in him saving Vulture's life. 
So I think uh, to, to add on to that, I think that one of my favorite things about this movie kind of falls in line with that, but more in the terms of that this, I feel like this is the only Spider-Man movie to ever actually bring, like, the reality of what Spider-Man, like, what it means to be, like, a young I guess, superhero yeah. in a town, like, in, I guess, you're in Queens, and that is a city, but, like, that also, There's, that like, doesn't no mean, skyscraper. Yeah, that doesn't yeah. mean that you're always gonna be in Queens, so it's like, there's the scene, there's the scene in the movie where he's at a house party, and he's just in the middle of the, I guess, suburbs, kind of, is what it seemed like, and yeah. he doesn't have anything to swing on, so he's up having yeah, to just run. Aunt May has a line where he, she goes up, party in the burbs, I remember those days. Yeah, like, It's so, a great line. Yeah, there's like a, a golf course scene where he just has to run across the golf course because he's got nothing to like actually help Swing him move yeah. any faster. So it's like, to me, in terms of that, like like you said, that idea of like really focusing on the responsible aspect of that, I think they did the same with like the reality of like what it would mean like when you're a superhero who doesn't, who like can't do anything but, you know. Yeah, Swing like he, stuff and he even strong. it's even like a, a it's an extension of what he was in Civil War too because like when you see him in Civil War he doesn't really fight anyone he just kind of like he fucks up people's plans to do things so like you know Paul Rudd turns into Giant Man and he just makes him trip and fall and uh, the Falcon's trying to fly away and he webs his jets you know what I mean he doesn't right. really beat the shit out of anyone and he doesn't do that in this movie and that was, was really cool like I like that I like that they made Tom Holland like. Tom Holland's version of Spider-Man, which is also, like, not only is he a fantastic Peter Parker, but he's a great Spider-Man. Yeah, he is extremely charming. <laughs> yeah. And, like, super likable, and somehow has the ability to come off, like, a even though he is as attractive as he is. <laughs> yeah, he comes off like a fucking He comes dork. off like, like, a, like a nice person. Yeah. <laughs> who, like, is not a dick. Yeah. At all. I... It, they was genius Which, actually, they them. really avoided that entire, like, character, like, that entire, like, um, what do you, what do you call it? Like, character, like, archetype? Arche- what is it called? Archetype? Yeah. Is that what it is? Is that the word? A character word? archetype is, like, a hero or something. Yeah. Oh, well, he, like, that idea of, like, the, the attractive mean kid is, like, the only douche, in, like, the only kid in this movie who's, like, a mean kid is actually just a total, like, yeah. he's just, like, a douchebag. Yeah, he's an asshole. That's you know, all he but is. but he's not, like, a bully. He's just like I mean he I guess technically he, threatens, he is a bully. He threatens Peter, but it's less like in the in It's not like a jock football way. Yeah, in the Sam Raimi one it was fucking Joe Maginello. And yeah. then in, in the Amazing Spider Man, he's like this like wigger basketball player that just like beats the shit out of Peter in the beginning yeah. of the movie. Whereas this one's like he wouldn't beat the shit out of anyone. He no, he's like a tiny shit. guy. He's and like he's a frat bro. Yeah, at a fucking mag- magnet school and yeah. you're just like this Magnum is- school. <laughs> you're ridiculous. <laughs> No, but, like, that stuff is so good. Like, those little details like that are what make this movie so interesting and funny. Mm -hmm. And, like, uh, he's so interesting and cool. And, like, I I love him. But, like, there's there's this great scene near the end. And I think the scene goes a little overboard. I I think even while we were watching it, I started looking at you. And I I brought it up when we were leaving. But there's a scene where the vulture drops a building on Mm -hmm. Spider-Man. And Spider-Man starts, like, come on, Spider-Man. Come on. Like, Mm -hmm. he's, like, pumping himself up. And I was like, oh, Lacey's going to hate this. So, like, uh, I actually, that was both my favorite and least favorite, probably, thing about this movie. They, was, they both happened in that same moment. Well, yeah, the best part about that is 
him being sad and hurt. Well, like, he's like, just he a was, little like, boy. Scared. Yeah. Like, that <laughs> is something that they don't ever show in, in Super... Like, even when, like, someone's, like, losing a fight, yeah. they're, they're in pain, and they are tired, but, like, it was seriously, like, watching, like, a little boy be terrified yeah, and that was trapped that under was stuff. Great. And that was really, really good, because, yeah. well, you know, they try to say he's 15. I don't know why you chose that low. Like, he totally passes for a high schooler, but... Yeah. 15? He's like yeah. 17, 18. Yeah, at least 16. <laughs> yeah. Going on 17. Yeah. Not 15. But, and then he does the whole, like, you know, self, self-talk self thing, and then I was just like, eh, that's cheesy. That, yeah, that part comes off as cheesy, but, like, I, that, cheesy, that yeah. interesting part where he's just an injured kid. Yeah, that is part is... so good. It's well, so good. It was good. a very nice touch, and I think it played into that whole, like, being realistic about this. Because then, yeah. you know, he is... A child. Yeah. And then I think... Supposedly 15. Again, like, uh, you know, a lot of the the major problems that we kind of saw in um, the Tobey Maguire and Andrew Garfield Spider-Mans come from the fact that he's almost always by himself. Um, Like, he's always just like, oh, what's going on here? I gotta go. You know, he, like, leaves. Right. Whereas Tom Holland in this movie is like, whether it's his best friend... Um, or the suit AI that is unlocked a little bit later in the film. Yeah. Uh, he's just always playing off someone. That and, is true. And it allows for him to be charming as shit because he, he's great, mm-hmm. but also just other types of comedy to come in. And I, I remember you being like, that was one of your least favorite parts was that Which it didn't part? have just like a singular comedic tone. It was, it, there was no, too many I different things. I didn't mind that it had too many, like that it had different types of comedy. I just think, and it's not even like my issue with it is is not something as big as that. It's just that I didn't feel like they they were consistently. This movie didn't have a consistent like energy to it, or like the the. I get comedy can't be like the entire thing. You know, it has to have those action scenes and those you know yeah. conflict it has moments. To get beats. Yeah. Sure, but that being said, it's just this movie did not have. It did not. It did not consistently stay like up for me. It went down sometimes. Sometimes I was just like a little bored. See, I I never had that moment. Um, and that's why I, I want to watch it again yeah. because you know, first viewing, I may not be. A, I may not be being I, as fair. I may have. Been, I maybe was watching it too analytically. It's odd to me because like I because I asked you too like what scene bored you, mm-hmm. and I think a lot of why I enjoyed it so much was because I was being like, I think I was being hypercritical. Like I was like. Okay, every part of this movie needs to be good, and like I, as I was watching it, I just felt like every part of that movie was good. Yeah. Like the more I started, the more of the the film went on, the more I trusted that it was going to continue to be good. And to me, it didn't disappoint. Like I think it started off funny with like that hilarious home va- home video intro it was great. Um, him just being a neighborhood Spider-Man was hilarious, and, like, the, the deli owner telling him to do a backflip. Like, all that stuff's really funny. And then it starts dropping in other little comedic moments that are just so weird, and they have nothing to do with Tom Holland. They're just funny. Like, the Captain America instructional videos that pop up, there's three of them, and they're fucking hilarious. Like, each one is funny. Especially in the... The gym. Hannibal Burris one is great. Yeah, yeah. and there's one in the... The very first one in the gym, he points the wrong direction, and <laughs> Hannibal Burris is on the other side of the TV. Yeah. And he's like, you're gym teacher. Yeah. And he points the wrong way. <laughs> and then that Hannibal Burris drops it, like, even though he's a war criminal now. Like, that stuff is fucking funny. Yeah. And then Martin Starr as uh, the... I, I guess they were a... Um, 
athletic or not athletic academic decathlon team. Yeah, he's their coach, and uh, every time Flash is trying to bully Peter Parker, Martin Starr just comes in and does exactly what Peter Parker needs. Mm-hmm. That was funny to me. Like they were yeah. just funny, and then. Uh, you know, they and they utilize these characters perfectly, like Hannibal Burris being like this weird guy who would notice some fucking fucked up shit like that. You know, like he he was perfect in that role. Martin Starr, he's there for two seconds, but he's just hilarious as a little touch of comedy. And then um, bringing in Donald Glover to just be like an aloof dude mm-hmm. uh, was great. Like it was just like, oh, this is so funny, and like yeah, it and was I ju- think... they're just hilarious little exchanges. Yeah, and I think actually bringing up Donald Glover makes me think of like another thing that I. Like, really thought this movie did much better than the previous Spider-Mans, and also just well in general, than something I'm not... I don't think any other Marvel movie has done, and that is making the... um, Like, making Queens such an important aspect of this movie. Yeah. Um, I think it goes with, like... You know, it it shows up in places like Donald Glover's exchange with um, Spider Man, and that he's so just like I don't, I'm not impressed, or yeah, I don't <laughs> care about any of this. Yeah, and also you're you're terrible at being like a you know uh, tough guy. Uh, yeah, um, and that seemed very New York to me. Like obviously, you know, in a world where superheroes exist, that seemed like a very New York kind of reaction. Sure. Um, <laughs> the same I, with like New when. There's a part in the movie where they're in Washington, D.C., and Tom Holland has to, to save all of the his classmates as Spider-Man, and his New York accent becomes so strong. Yeah. The whole time I was watching, I was just like, oh my god, he's getting so New York right now when he's A lot of, like, I think half of it is also, like, he did it on purpose because he doesn't want the school yeah, team Yeah, I get that, yeah, it, yeah. but it came through in, like, a nice, like, whoa, I'm not in yeah. New York, Yo, so yeah, I'm that, gonna yeah. be, like, very, like, you're gonna know I'm a New York yeah. Superhero. That was great. In Washington, D.C. <laughs> right now. So I just thought that they did that very well, that they made it so, because he is the neighbor, you know, your friendly neighborhood Spider-Man, that they did such a good job of weaving in that, like, hometown pride, I guess. Yeah. That was, it was good. And and not in the same cheesy fucking bullshit way that they did in the other ones. Um, where did they do it? Yeah. Like, we turned those it off because those, so those movies were really I, we, we, Honestly, I, I don't know if I made it through two-thirds. So, I was just like, no, we, we did. Stop. We made it through the first half hour of both movies. Honestly, the yeah. Andrew Garfield one, an entire it's, 48 minutes before he does fucking anything <laughs> as Spider-Man. I was like, seriously? It's a it's bad almost movie. Been an I don't hour. care what anybody says. It's a bad movie. And now uh, he's Spider-Man? Oh, my God. This <laughs> but like, shit. But, it's just good. Like, it's just good. It is good. And that's and why when you're t- when we're talking about this, I'm having a hard time pinpointing the moments where I was like, this movie is dipping for me. Yeah, I'm trying to I, like... I don't... I can't remember, but I know... F- I felt that way. Because even when it turns off the comedy, Michael Keaton is there to just fucking like, you're awesome, dude. Mm-hmm. Like, what you're talking about, about being like, yeah, it's so New York. I th- uh-huh. the, like, Michael Keaton's whole life in this movie is like... Yeah, there's aliens, and I uh, I stripped them down for parts. You know what I mean? Like he's just blue collar. He's like the Bruce Springsteen of villains. Yeah, and like it's he, super he funny. was. That was one of one of my problems with this movie is that they did. I think the transition from Michael Keaton being this like I'm using alien and like Stark technology to be kind of a criminal like, a low-key criminal, to being, like, a supervillain that's willing to kill people? Yeah. That was a little too harsh for me. Yeah, I think the transition is harsh. And we kind of we kind of talked about this a little bit afterwards, too, yeah. where I was like, they're trying to sell you at the beginning of the movie on Walter White, and yeah. then 
the end of the movie on Heisenberg, but yes. they don't have the five have years that, five Breaking, years to, yeah, that Breaking Bad did. To, yeah. to progress the character in an understandable way. So it's almost like a flip of the switch. Like, he's yeah. Michael Keaton, the, like, I'm doing this for my family, like, I'm right. a criminal because, like, I'm a product of my society type thing because all you rich fuckers sure. have pushed me into this corner where I have to be yeah. to, like, seriously being cool with killing somebody. And I was just like, that, that felt super harsh. Like, they, there wasn't... Sure. It did not seem in character. I mean, Michael Keaton did it well. Um, He's great. And I think the intimidation scene in the car is fucking <laughs> awesome. Yeah. Uh, when he... When Michael Keaton discovers that Peter is Spider-Man, it's, yeah. it's a wonderful scene. It it's is very really good. good. It is very much like the baby driver scene with... With uh, Kevin Spacey. With Kevin Spacey. Where yeah. it is just all in the face. Yeah. There is not really any, like... No, there's even, like, cool visual cues, too. Mm-hmm. Like, the red light and green light switching. That stuff is really awesome. Yeah. Uh, I mean, the, like, I, I really think maybe it is just my um, dislike for coming-of-age stories that may have bored me through some of this. Like, all of the internal um, struggles with Spider-Man, I'm just not that interested in. I get it. I but, like, get which, why which one? Like, the, the whole, like... Oh, I want you to take me seriously as an adult, and Tony Stark being like, mm, "Too tough shit, kid. Like you have to grow up first, you know. Just like do what I tell you." And he's like, "No, I want to. I'm gonna prove myself. Like all those things. I just think as themes in movies in general mm-hmm. don't speak to me. I don't care about them. And see, so I, I, I can't they, help that about it. But I'm not gonna they, hold it against. I was gonna Spider-Man. say like I think they did a really great job because I think there's also a really awesome like metaphor in one of the best action sequences of the movie, which is actually wholesale ripped right out of Spider-Man Two, where they like where he's got to hold a fucking. Uh, tugboat or no it's a ferry he's yeah, got to hold like a ferry together straight up whole boat yeah and it's he's like little. and he's like on this like very like cross thing and they did the same thing in spider-man 2 the toby mcguire one where he has to stop a train and he's like stretched too far and his suit rips and there's a bunch of random craziness well, his suit did not rip in right suit. no but like it's the same exact visual thing and you know his using the thing but there's a great the way they weave that into a story of tom holland trying its hardest to be a good hero, and then it ju- him just coming a little short because he's not there yet, is great in that, like, he he asks the, I, th- I think he names her Karen, the mm-hmm. AI and the thing, he names her Karen, and he goes, Terrible cal- name. Yeah, he's like, calculate the, the strongest parts of the ship. And then he starts going, weaving in and out, and it's a super fast cut, you know, they don't do the... Um, slow motion spider sense from the Tobey Maguire movie. Everything is very fast and fluid and it plays into the physicality of Spider-Man very well. But like he's going to, he's going in and out and he's like putting all these things together and he's so fucking proud of himself. He's like, I fucking did it. And then she's like, yeah, you, you did a pretty good job. It's 98%. And then everything falls to shit. Mm -hmm. And it was a great like metaphor for that, that coming ovation was like, sometimes you're just not fucking ready. You know, it was great. Like that whole idea of like learning responsibility plays throughout the whole movie. See, and I, was, I think that stuff is so smart. It is. And, like, well-placed. I, I'm yeah. not... This is 100% me. <laughs> I came out of the womb responsible. I don't know what it's like to do that. <laughs> I was just perfect. No, I'm just I, I just... I've never connected with that. I've never had, like, that period where I had to, like, learn... Who you of, are kind of thing. Well, I mean, I'm sure I did that in, like, college. No, no, no. I just like, mean, like, challenging what you used to be compared to what you now are. 
Like I suppose, yeah. Yeah, because you're, you're very much like one of those people that just like, okay, this happened, I'm dealing with that now. As opposed to like someone who goes like, but things used to be so much better or whatever, you know, like. Sure. I mean, I'm not sure I have many experiences that have like defined or changed who I am as a human being. I'm pretty sure I'm very similar to what I was like at six years old, except <laughs> now I know cuss words. <laughs> but like, yeah, I don't know. There's just so many good things about this movie. Um, and they kept coming up in surprising ways for me. Yeah. I, like, I, the, even references to other Spider-Man things in the movie are great. Cause like Spider-Man, I don't like superhero comics. I've made that very clear in this show before when we talk about superhero movies. I like superhero movies. I don't like superhero comics. Um, but like the, I used to watch the Spider-Man animated series, which were essentially just FC or, um, issues of the book brought to life. Sure. And they fucking nailed Like, I think one of the coolest things about the movie is, like, seeing the Sony TriStar, or Sony Columbia TriStar logo at the beginning of the movie, and then them doing the fucking Peter Parker film home video thing, and then it, and then you get the Marvel title card, and the Marvel title card is set to the ama- the Spider-Man theme, mm-hmm. was like, oh, this is so good. Like, they just, they're tugging on That's something good, that I like. Marvel probably paid a lot of money for that. Yeah, no, it's fine, but, like, it was just, it, they did it right, you know, it was like, I wanted to hear that song. Mm-hmm. I wanted to hear the Spider-Man song. See, and then, that's like, interesting, because that's <laughs> how I felt about Power Rangers, but you didn't have that. It's interesting. Well, I loved Power Rangers. No, I know, I just meant, like, I wanted the Power Rangers from when I was a kid. Like, I wanted that, like, last 15 to 20 minutes of to the, be the movie, whole movie. To be the movie. <laughs> yeah. No, this was like, it was like someone modernized mm-hmm. the TV show I used to watch. Mm-hmm. And that was fucking cool. And did it in live action? Yeah, and it was like really awesome. Like, I, I don't know, there was just something about it that felt right, you know? And it, I'm telling you, I was watching it very, very weary because we were coming out, we were listening to reviews and stuff and people were like, it's good. Yeah, I mean, it, uh, reviews set very high expectations yeah. for this movie. And then this movie kind of, for me, I understand that for you it didn't, but like for me, it mean, totally it superseded what I thought the movie was I mean, was it definitely be. did not make it into my top three. That remains Civil War, First Avengers, Guardians of the Galaxy. Yeah, see, like, it I, may I just don't... be, like, number five. I think people really love Guardians, and that movie just doesn't click with me. I don't know what it is. And I love, like, the things it, like, references. Like, it's very Star Wars heavy, and, like, mm-hmm. you know... That's it, interesting, because to me, it is very much like that, like, like, all the things... Well, it's 80s. Yeah, but no, it's just, like, a lot of the things you described about loving about Baby Driver, I see those aspects in Guardians. Like, the music playing such a large part in it, that, like, idea of, like, being able to, like, weave music into a scene so that it, like, feels, whether it's, like, the opening scene that's set to the song, Mm -hmm. you know, and lines up right, or, like, it's establishing the tone and how the characters behave or something, it's interesting. Plus, like, like, Guardians is just Avengers in space. And those characters are not as cool. And then the actors playing them, I really like... Half of them. Like, I really like... Who do you like? I don't... Chris Pratt? Chris Pratt, like, he's not my favorite part of that movie. That's he's fine. fine. I mean, he's, he's fine not in my Star favorite Wars. part of the movie. Even Gamora is kind of just like, just fucking, like, be funny, you know? She's supposed to be the straight man of the group, and I get it, you know? But it's just like... Mm, I like, mean, yeah, she is Thor. Yeah, but like, I, I think, like, if you were, like, we've been watching a lot of, um... God damn it, I can't think of the name now. Arrested Development. We've been watching a lot of Arrested Development, and it's, like, very clear now that I'm like, oh, okay, Drax is Job. Like, he, he's just Job. Like, he's just this guy who takes everything super literally and super weird, you yeah. know? And 
Job is my favorite on on uh, I mean, Arrested Development. Very funny. And Drax is my favorite. Like he's just so he's this that's fountain incredible. of comedy to me. And in the second one, they totally embrace that. Yeah, that's actually the off. I feel the <laughs> only character they did right in that movie. Yeah, and I was disappointed because my favorite's Rocket, and I thought they did a terrible job. Yeah, <laughs> and I don't understand it. Like Bradley Cooper doing that voice. And that, like, character is fucking gold. Yeah. And yet they were like, eh, we're just not going to worry yeah. about it in this Brad- movie. Bradley Cooper <laughs> doing his best to be Joe Pesci is uh, fucking awesome. <laughs> but, but, that, not that we're talking about Guardians, except, like, that it did not make it into my top three. Sure. Uh, that being said, I do not dislike it. I would put it above many Marvel movies. It also, like. Just not the best ones. So, here's the other thing, too, and I re- realize this, um, and I know we're kind of harping a long time on Marvel movies, but, like, uh, I realize this because we were talking about why the um, Winter Soldier is, like, my favorite. Mm-hmm. And it's because it's the first one, I think, that, like, really was like, okay, yeah, all those things you've seen before, they're a fucking thing, you know? and like we're, They actually matter. They actually matter, and they're going to affect right. other things, right. as opposed to, like... Oh, here's that joke we made about right. that that guy in New Mexico, Thor. You know what I mean? Like it's like okay, whatever. Right. Uh, they're not just referencing each other. It's yeah, actually it's like they're the playing into it. Where, and Homecoming did the same thing, where it's like, oh, the events of the first Avengers created the villain, sure. and then because of everything going down in uh, Civil War, no, in Winter Soldier, because that's oh. when they dropped the Triskelion. Uh-huh. He's doing another. Uh, you know, he's creating another heist or whatever of, like, these military parts. And then when uh, he's moving from the Avengers Tower to the Avengers facility upstate, that also plays into this plot of this movie. You know what I mean? It's not just, like, these, like, one-off jokes, which they have in this movie, and they're great, um, but it's, like, full storyline elements Mm -hmm. of this movie are wholesale needed to tell this thing. It's not, sure. it's not, they're not just little touches. And Everything where, matters, which I like that a lot about this movie. Wait, to me, where, like, this movie, it relates to uh, Winter Soldier, but doesn't do the same, uh, like, doesn't hold the same weight, in my opinion. Well, it's because it doesn't, like, alter things. Completely. Well, no, it's yeah. not that, though. I'm not talking about, like, what you're saying. But the reason I think Winter Soldier is so good, and it's probably right under Guardians, is that it is the first, Marvel movie to have a real plot. Yeah. Like, and a real conflict outside of it's a villain mm-hmm. coming to attack and kill people sure. and you're a superhero who And they, they've kind it. of, like, carried that over with all of the Captain Yeah, Marvel. and like, to me, Civil War took it even further. Yeah, like, to great. me, Civil War has so far had, reason why it's my number one is because it is not just about stopping the villain. It is about an, an external conflict between, you know, uh, Bucky and, and Captain America. Sure. It's an external conflict between Iron Man and Captain America. It's an external struggle between half of the Avengers and the other half of the Avengers. Yeah, but you also have that, like, the concept of, like, accountability. And, yeah. And, and again, brings, responsibility. Like, actual, like, real, like, you can There's, like, consequences. See, yeah. yeah, there are consequences, and you can't, like, the conflict in Civil War could be applied to any serious drama and totally work and be yeah, a yeah. very good movie, but they took it there in a comic book movie, which I think is great. And yeah, they did the sci-fi thing where we were talking about it where you it, you were like oh it's a minority report like it's you're going to stop people before they become problems and and Captain America having a problem with that because he's like no this is about free will and right. being, being free and like that stuff is really great like it's just it really, and, really really good and I think that um, I think that Spider-Man 
has that conflict that is uh, grounded in like you know something that's outside more, of a outside of a personal. yeah, yeah. A comic book realm and and superhero realm, but it just doesn't speak to me again because I just don't coming of age stories. I'm just not into them. I just don't, I I rarely like them. I love this one. I thought it was fucking amazing. But that being said, everything else was great. Yeah. It's like two things. <laughs> two things that I have with it. Two and a half if you count the Michael Keaton character tra- like you know transformation thing. Yeah. But otherwise, everything else, great. Loved it. Probably that that totally five. caught me off guard, too, when he ended up being the dad of the girl. Oh, yeah, that was, that was, like, was, like, oh, was man. real surprising. I was yeah. just like, oh, shit. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> that was cool. Okay, well, we are at already past an hour, and we still want to talk about the Big, big sick. sick. I don't think I'll have as much to say about this movie, because it just was not that complicated of a movie. It was very sure. simple. Yeah, it's, it's also not like, like Homecoming, where that's like a big, like... Uh, it plays into the other Marvel films. Right, and it's and not like Baby Driver and then it wasn't technically... Amazing. Amazing yeah. in yeah. any way, shape, or form. It was strictly... It's just a good story. story and yeah. writing of this movie, which makes sense, coming from a comedian. Sure. Um, so, yeah, what did you think? What did you like about Big Six? So, I really loved... Uh, and we've talked about this documentary before on the on the podcast, but it, it felt like somebody made a movie about Beat the Patels. Right. And I like that a lot. And it ended up being cooler because it was autobi- well, semi-autobiographical right. uh, about the real Kumail Nanjiani. I mean, mm-hmm. he even doesn't even change his name in this movie. Right. Like, he changes Emily's name, but not... Her last name. Yeah. He doesn't change his name or anything like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and But, like, it, it's just... It felt like that movie turned into a movie. You know, that documentary turned into, a like, a fictional film. Um, sure. With an added layer of stand-up comedy mm-hmm. uh, that was kind of like... Hey, do you like Seinfeld or Louie? You know, like, it, it yeah, had it that, like, dash of like things. That, yeah. Um, but, like, why I liked it so much is because of a movie that I don't like a lot. And that's the movie Juno. This movie felt like the right way to do a film like Juno. Really? Yeah, it felt, like, really? very, like... It, it felt very, like, kind of cool and... Um, but not, like, the way... Like, Juno is, is like... Yeah, we're cool because we're different. Yeah, it's like indie. It's like that, like, stereotypical indie. Not like, this is just an independent film. No, this is indie. Yeah, yeah. Whereas, like, this this movie felt like it was like, no, like, people are different. And that that should kind of be celebrated. As opposed to, like, yeah, I'm cooler because I'm not like everyone. You know? See, to me, I didn't get that. I really like that. I didn't really get that people are different. Like, I didn't get that vibe from this movie. I mean, other than the fact that, like, say, like, that he's a Pakistani man in America that, like, makes him different in terms of, you know, cultures. His interactions with other people. People uh, of other cultures, Sure, uh, yeah. and, but, but other than that, I didn't really get that. Like, to me, they all seemed like fairly normal people as a, maybe his roommate, who everyone kind of makes fun of yeah, the entire time. Like, <laughs> he was maybe too different, to, like, where he didn't fit in. But to me, like, I don't know, I didn't get that from this movie. I don't. I, yeah, I don't know. It, I, it just felt like the type of movie that I would hate done correctly. Interesting. Uh, like another good example, even though they have nothing in common, like thematically whatsoever, is like Safety Not Guaranteed. Oh, I hate that. movie. I felt like this movie was like Safety Not Guaranteed done Interesting. right. Interesting. That's like, weird. Uh, That's weird to me. I don't. I don't see. The where it's just about like these 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 like type of people. You know what I mean? It's like when I see these people, I think of those. Like I think of those movies. I don't know why. Weird. Maybe it's just this like weird association I have in my head. Uh huh. But I liked it so much because it was like, oh okay. 
I don't have to hate to all those me, motherfuckers. To me, there, I definitely see a distinct difference between what movies like Judo and Safety Not Guaranteed. To me, those people are not real people. Those are, like, the most indie people ever. But if you talk to them, like, if you, as a normal just normal person, average person who just goes home and, like, watches TV or whatever and you don't mm-hmm. really think, in, you know, introspectively that often. Mm-hmm. You just, if those people talk, people like Juno and Safety Not Guaranteed, you just be like, okay, that, <laughs> you're, that's weird. But, like, to me, all of the people in this movie were just those totally average people. Like, they were people who aren't particularly smart. They're not particularly stupid. They're, they have normal opinions they're just they go home in their apartments and eh, it's fine <laughs> it's not like beautifully it's not like 500 days of summer where it's I like eclectically like, awesome and unique like it just seemed totally average to here's me. the one-to-one there's a scene in juno where they're talking about horror movies like gory horror movies and jason Is bateman it? yeah jason bateman goes like oh you want to see good i'll show you good and he like sits Ellen yeah, Page, yeah, Ellen. He sits Ellen Page down, and he shows her a movie called The Wizard of Gore, and he's like, "Oh, The Wizard of Gore is like super cool, and no one's ever seen it." And blah 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 blah. And he like tries to sell her, and she's just like, "Yeah, this is super cool." I'm like, "Out there," and it's just like, "Shut the fuck up!" Like, get over yourself. Sure. So you like something, you yeah. know? It's fine. Whereas like this movie did it right, where he's trying to show her a horror horror movie, and it's not to impress her. It's just because he's like. I really love this thing. I really hope that you love this. It's earnest. You know? It's not just like, yeah, you think I'm cool now, right? Like, it's not that. I feel you're describing exactly (laughs) what I just said. Uh, Yeah, you're right. I'm just talking about, like, how you were saying it's not, like, you don't really see the connection. The Uh one. That's the one-to-one. It's the same exact scene. Like, they're the same thing. They're showing a movie to somebody who's never seen a movie. Or a particular movie, you know? And one person... Never seen a movie at all. No, I just mean, like, a type of thing. But, like, they're they're the same concept. They're showing something and they want to see their reaction of it. I get it. I get where you're drawing that relationship. One of them is just so human Mm -hmm. and earnest. It's just a, like, yeah, this is a a real thing that happens. Okay. And the other just comes off as, like, you're a fucking dick. Like, like, get over yourself. And, like, I, I don't know. I feel like that scene is also super relatable to me because... I do that all the time, where I'm always like, you haven't seen this movie? You should watch this movie. And then I'll turn around and, like, you know, you're, like, you're adjusting. Po- yeah, you look disinterested. And I'm like, you didn't watch! You know, like, I do that all the time. So, like, I see myself in a little bit of it. Um, like, that stuff is really funny. And then, again, like, I... Um, so I'm not the most, like, Mexican of Mexicans. But, like, it's very clear that there's a difference in our cultures. And then watching a movie about other people trying to find the commonalities as opposed to the differences in their cultures was super cool. Like, I just liked that storyline. Yeah. Even, like, watching Meet the Patels, like, I, I have nothing in common with a Pakistani family all the time, but I I understand that feeling of, like, people going, like, you're not really Mexican. you know? Uh Yeah, I'm sorry. He was Indian. But Kamel Nanjiani is Pakistani. <laughs> no, but, like, you know what I mean. No, I get what you're saying. Yeah. And, and I do get that. And I actually think that, um... Surprisingly, in the movie, it's not even his relationship with Emily where those things, where those like different no, cultures it's happen. His dad. It's it's like it's Emily's parents, yeah, and Emma. him, and and like his relationship with his family because he's obviously more Americanized than anyone else. Mm-hmm. He's not like 
holding firmly to all of the like Pakistani, you know, beliefs, and yeah, yeah, traditions and and beliefs and like aspects of that culture as the obviously the rest of his family is. So there's kind of a it happens there, but it is interesting that it does not happen with Emily. Yeah. That being said. I have to agree with what you, something that you have said before, and that was that you did not... I didn't like Emily. Like Emily. <laughs> yeah. I have to agree. I didn't really think she was that... She was cool or interesting. Yeah, I, like, I couldn't fact, understand how somebody frankly, as interesting as Kumail fell in love with her. Yeah, I'm quite frankly watching him with Bo Burnham and... Um, what's A.D. Bryant? Or Brant? A.D. Bryant? Is that her name? Yeah, it's A-I-D-Y. It's A.D. That's weird. Yeah. I feel like I would recognize her name because she's on SNL, but... yeah. I feel like I've never heard that name said ever no, before. She's 80 by it. Yeah. All right, well, I like I feel like I would have rather watched him with them the whole time. Just yeah. because that was funny and that was interesting and you I like I felt like it was like a layered story of these like people who are connecting because they all want the same thing and they're <laughs> yeah. all struggling with like the same things and Yeah. they're all just trying to like be good enough. Whereas like with her I didn't really see I don't know, a clear like yeah, there's connecting no, like, okay. point or, or even co- like the conflict of the movie. Obviously, she's not really involved in outside of being like unconscious. Yeah, she she um, she goes into a coma if you don't know what the movie's about, and then he has to kind of bond with her parents who know why he and her broke up in the first place. Um, yeah, and uh, well, and quite frankly, like watching him with with um, Ray with Ray Romano. Okay, like, I'm glad and we're touching on this, too, because, like, Hunt? Holly Hunter. Hunter, that's yeah. her name. Um, I think I was getting her and Helen Hunt yes. confused. I can Holly totally, I Hunter. I totally see that. Um, that's what I do want to talk about this movie. The acting in this movie is great. It is. It's so natural, mm-hmm. and particularly Holly Hunter. She fucking kills it yeah. in this movie. Um, especially when you're playing off of two comedians, mm-hmm. uh, having to be the, like... I don't know what you'd call it, but, like, the hard-ass. Mm-hmm. Uh, but she's actually responsible for, like, three of the funniest scenes in the she movie. Uh, they're gold. Like, uh, she's just so fucking she funny in this scene. She is very funny. It's because I think, like, because this is a movie filled with comedians, mm-hmm. she, it is usually the, com- the, the comedy that breaks scenes and yeah. makes you laugh, whereas in this movie, they're, it's it, it all is comma. <laughs> yeah. And there, but there's comedy everywhere happening all the time. Yeah, yeah. Then when she comes in so serious and stern, it like kind of breaks that for a second, and you're yeah. just like, that was somehow funnier no, because yeah. of that. There's a great scene where someone's being like incredibly racist to Kumail, uh-huh. and she turns it into a fucking laugh riot. Like, it just turns into a very funny scene. Uh, and it's it's just great. Uh, like, I think Ray Romano is super natural as the dad, mm-hmm. uh, which he doesn't do the Ray Romano thing where he's like, oh, Deborah, you know, like, he doesn't. Really? I totally thought he did. No. I thought he, like, totally played into the Ray Romano thing. I just, I don't, I don't know. I, like, I don't think he did the whole, it, like, my this, life is shit No, thing. it's, uh, to me, that's not where, like, to me, the Ray Romano thing is just being like, oh, Yo, yeah. no, he did, he did. Well, <laughs> Like that thing where he's just he like did. doesn't know what to say and he's kind of just like hunched over like uh, uh he yeah. did he, he did, did do, that he, he did totally do did that the like Ray Romano approach yeah um like I think it's the same way as like you know when Pacino plays a movie it's not Pacino it's just or it's not a, that character it's just Pacino playing somebody yeah you know? yeah um I think it's the same thing here where it's but I don't think he did the type of comedy that you would expect from Ray Romano. No. Like, I don't think the jokes are Ray Romano jokes. Mm-hmm. I think the jokes are Is very... Is that his actual name? Ray Romano? Yeah. I mean, yeah. That's what he okay. performs. Under. I can't remember if it was... If I was pulling that from Everybody Loves Raymond, 
and just thinking that was his actual name, or if that was his actual <laughs> name, and then I just could not think of what his actual name was. No, he's so very I had hard. a for real moment there where I was not sure if that was his real name. No, but I, I don't was... like. I don't think he does the like. Ah, ma, you know, like he doesn't. I mean, no, he doesn't. No, he, he does have the tone. Everything is there, but it, the jokes are funnier. I think, like, uh, well, I mean, yeah, he didn't write them. <laughs> yeah, very to true. be fair. Yeah, um, <laughs> I mean, you know. I don't know. There's something I like about it. I also really like Michael Showalter directed it, and I like. I mentioned it the other day to you. I really like the movie The Baxter. Um, that movie's really good for. Have you ever seen it? Yeah, for a rom com, I think it's very, very good. And for a rom com, and uh, this movie's the same thing. Like for a rom com, it's very, very good Mm -hmm. because I think it just touches on more things. Mm -hmm. Um, It's not solely about. I mean, I would never watch this movie if I were in the mood for a romantic. Sure, yeah, that's a great. That's a great point. Very much likes romantic comedies, even though I know they're total shit. No, no, no. This is not like I would not. The same as I would not watch Baby Driver if I was in the mood for like a straight up action movie. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I think that's a great that's a great observation. Well, like, I mean, I'm pretty smart. <laughs> no, I just mean like, yeah, I guess like if you were breaking putting them on a chart, if you were to be like romantic comedies, yes, you'd have to include this movie. Yeah, I mean, it has everything, it, even like the part of it that's like like you're calling a drama, like that is in every like yeah, the co- yeah. conflicts in every romantic comedy. It's yes. just usually it's dumb. Yeah, it is. Uh, and, and this was based on real life, so it's not as dumb. Yeah, uh, and like there's a uh, and there are actual like real comedic actors in this, which helps the actual no, comedy part of the romantic a, comedy? There's a gold line in this movie by Bo Burnham. It's one of the funniest things Bo I've Burnham ever. kills it. I'm <laughs> sorry, but kind of steals the show every time he's on screen. Yeah, he's, so- he's just so funny. <laughs> I don't, I like... Because, <laughs> like, there's even a shot of him doing a stand-up bit, and that's the funniest part of the movie, if you ask it me. Is, <laughs> he literally, like, steals every time. Like, every time he's on there, I'm just like, you are being the most fun person to watch right now. Yeah. Like, you're funny and also, like, for being a dick, you're fucking charming. Yeah. You're hilarious and charming. You want to. Yeah. We all know those people. I've worked with some of them where I'm just like, I can tell you're being an asshole, but, like, it's so funny and I like it. Yeah. And I don't, like, I'm not insulted or, like, I wonder if Kurt Brownholder, who plays the roommate, I wonder if... He's playing Pete Holmes because I know that Kumail and Pete Holmes worked and lived together for a while. Right. Like I wonder, and he like the the type of character that he is seems a lot like what you would expect it is from kind Pete Holmes. Yeah, because uh, he's like he's very like oh, just the goofy guy. Yeah. Yeah, and then like severely disappointed every all the time. Yeah, which I feel like is like half, that's Pete Holmes half and half. Yeah, <laughs> but like it, it's just a it's a really. I don't know. There's something about it that I think is really good. Um, and I do I do mean this completely. I would be really, really bummed out if come, like, award season, Holly Hunter is not recognized. She's great in this movie. She's putting in some really good work. Yeah, we'll like, see. Every time you shoot her on screen, I like... I find it... I find... I don't know. I mean, the one, the fact that this is a summer movie... Yeah. Already, I'm like, That is I weird. Don't I don't know why it was released in the middle of summer. I don't know. Um, I don't know why he went... And I find it so strange. Like, obviously, they were not concerned about making money, because they released it against Spider-Man. Yeah. Which was, like, not... Yeah. I think that goes to show it wasn't, like, a, a production, yeah, yeah. like, a studio... I don't think studio. it was... Th- it was their decision. It wasn't... Yeah. I mean, I don't know who would who would make that choice. No, I th- yeah, I think <laughs> actually it was totally a studio call. I think they were like, I don't know where to put this. Like, it's too funny to be in the dramas, and it's not dramatic enough to be 
in the fucking winter movies. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, so I guess we'll put it out in the summer. For like, I, I get it. Yeah. I'm just saying, <laughs> like, like we, out of all the movies you could have come up against, sure. Yeah, you picked a, a bad yeah, one. Picked a bad one. <laughs> yeah. Like, obviously, Marvel movies make. Yeah, honestly, they could have waited a week and put it out against War for the Planet of the Apes because I feel like people would be like, oh, okay, we'll go see a comedy. Yeah, but that's that, also like, coming out with Dunkirk. That's already yeah, like, yeah. That's a, already that's a packed. Week. I, like two weeks ago, there was nothing, right? Yeah, Baby Driver. Uh, well, I mean, that's a good one to come up against. Yeah, two yeah. kind of semi-independent yeah, films. Like, yeah, yeah, that would, yeah, that's true. I, think I mean, it, bigger names. I, as much as I like Holly Hunter and Ray Romano, yeah, they're not all in they're, they are not Kevin Spacey yeah, and John Fox Hamm. And, yeah, for <laughs> sure. Jamie Fox. Yeah, uh, but yeah, I mean, I think The Big Sick was good. I don't know that I'll ever see it again. I just don't. I, I didn't enjoy to. it that much. I did think it was very funny, but also I feel like. I do think it was very honest in its portrayal of relationships as well. Sure. Like, I think it was really good. Um, sure, sure, sure. Uh, Not why uh, I watch romantic comedies. I, yeah, I watch no. them so that I don't have to think about the reality sure. of relationships. <laughs> I, I actually felt like a lot of times while watching The Big Sick that like I was like, oh man, that reminds me a lot of like me and Lacey. Like, it's just like It moments. was like one of those things when you're watching something and there's like a sad moment with a dog and you're like, I need to grab my dog right now. Yeah. <laughs> That's yeah. how I felt sometimes, where I was just like, oh, I love you, just because you're sitting next to me, and this makes me think about how much I love you. Yeah, I know. I and felt, then also, it did make me cry a few. Like, I not cried like, cry, cry. I cried like three times. I, I teared up like three times. Yeah, I think the I only the scene shed where, tears when in the scene no, between a, Holly Hunter and Ray Romano. When she gets in the couch. Yeah, when she gets in the yeah, couch. And that, that, that was like, it that got me yeah. to the point of tears coming out of my eyes. The I other think, two times, I just kind of teared up a little. I think his confession... Um, to Kamel when they're a little when they're hanging out and they're mm-hmm. sleeping in the same bedroom. That made you cry, really? Uh, there's a part. There's a line where he said, and uh, and this is a personal insight into me and Lacey. Uh, there's a part where he goes like, "You want to know if you love somebody? Fucking cheat on them." Okay, well uh, that part's not an insight. No, no, no. I'm not like I didn't cheat on you, but what I'm saying is like, <laughs> if you want to know, it clear so no, no. When you want, if you want to know how much you really give a shit about someone, like imagine losing them. Uh-huh. Yeah, you know? and that is like very very relevant to us because i mean we split up for a while mm-hmm. and it was like i was a rough go you know mm-hmm. <laughs> and like in the movie it doesn't i don't know if they really split up but they were definitely having problems mm-hmm. um and i mean this is probably one of those we're separated just not in a like we're separated in house but we're not sleeping in the same bedroom sure we're probably not really speaking to each other very often yeah yeah it was one of those where i was like fuck dude like that's a, just a very honest yeah, sentiment that part got me it and got then, me good. And then the, the scene with his mother, where she tells him that you're not my son. And she just walks away. After he's, like, really honest and, like, opens himself up. Right. She just totally blows it off like it was nothing. That was, uh, that was like, a real heartbreaker for Interesting. me. Interesting. Yeah. I don't think that one got me. Yeah. That one got me for sure. I was just like, oh, God, that's such a bummer. Bobby. Yeah. It was, like, a real, it was a really sad moment. Uh, I, and I know that's a weird place to end. Or come yeah. To so thanks for listening. <laughs> It's a good movie. You should see it. It is a good movie. Do go see it. Yeah. So we're not going to do favorites? It was uh, just spitball. A few things. That are really stand-ups, awesome. Uh, the, sta- the stand-ups. The That's stand-ups on Netflix. On Netflix. Really it's cool. pretty funny. Great idea. Uh, Yeah, it is a good idea. Yeah. I agree. Nikki Glaser was the only name I recognized when you started it, but she um, actually was not even in the top three funniest people on there. Uh, I think if, you, if you're if you a fan of, like, At Midnight, you'll recognize about, like, three of those comedians. Yeah. But, um... Nikki Glaser's really funny, but uh, I Who can't remember the, the second chick, the third chick, because technically yeah, the second chick the is the second chick was the uh, yeah from she Chelsea. She has Handler like show. a she has an, a, an interest uh, something. She has a really weird name. Yeah, um, it's the girl who's immediately after Nikki Glaser. She's the second to last comedian. Yeah, she has uh, a very interesting 
I'm sorry, I just burps. <laughs> she has a very interesting voice, mm-hmm. which I like in women. I just like women with like weird voices. She's got a great comedic cadence she that does. reminds me a lot of like Anthony Jeselnik, but without the one-liners. Yeah. See, because, like, uh, like to more me, interesting jokes. She's also the kind of, like, female comedian that I think I like more. Because, like, to me, Nikki Glaser is is very much like Amy Schumer. Sure. She's slightly funnier, but... And because I think also everything Amy Schumer says sounds like she's trying to make a joke. Yeah. Uh, and then she's also all of her, seg- like, her, like, things between jokes are just like, mm. anyway, so... And I'm just like, oh, that's just, to me, lazy no. Being a lazy comic. But, and I say that with not doing anything, yeah, so I have no room to comic. speak. I'm not <laughs> even funny, but... Yeah. The, uh, well, you don't have to agree so quickly. <laughs> <laughs> um, the, the chick who, like, Nikki Glaser is, like, one of those, like, I'm pretty and blonde, but I'm gonna make jokes about shit, so you'll think that, like, I'm, I'm cool. cool. Yeah. You know, I'm, like, down to earth. Like, I don't give a fuck. I'm talking about pooping. Whatever. But this chick, to me is for real that kind of person. Like, the, the kind of joke she were, she was making felt very, like, honest to who she is. She, yeah, it, ve- it felt a lot like, um, if you know the comedian Todd Berry, it was like a female Todd him. Berry. He's very, like, low and monotone. Uh-huh. And, like, she is very monotone. She, it's a very low-energy show, but it, that, that doesn't necessarily mean that it's not enjoyable. No, it's you know, very funny. She's great. Her, uh... Nate Bargatze was really funny to me. Who was the black guy? Dion Cole. There's uh, only one black guy. That's why I said it like that. And he was funny. He was so funny. And I <laughs> don't know who... He looks familiar. Yeah. But he was so funny. The only person that... I didn't see Forster. That's her name. Forster something. Isn't oh, that yeah, her name? Yeah. Something Forster. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, yeah. I didn't see her because I was in the shower when you started watching it. Yeah. But the last guy, I don't know who he was. He was I not mean, funny. He was not funny at all. <laughs> yeah. Like the... Uh, some of the other he felt, people he felt were like... like a dad eh. comic. Yeah. He... Yeah. he <laughs> He felt like the guy from The Big Sick who no one laughed at. Yeah. I was just like, oof. But that's sorry, the, you that's had to go last. That's you were the not genius funny. bit about the stand-ups, though. Oh, it was like, he's like, yeah, let's grab a handful. Yeah, it's like, let's grab a handful of yeah, comics and, like, here's a half hour. You know what I mean? It's not like a deep commitment. Right. Uh, so it's good though. You should watch it because it is short. That is the one thing to me. Like I'm, yeah, it's three I, hours. Like watching stand-up, I enjoy it. I. It's, like, one of those things, kind of like sports, where I don't so much love watching it recorded. Yeah. But I love watching it live. Mm-hmm. But I just have to be in the mood, like, to sit down and watch, like, an hour and a half, you know, stand-up. It's weird to me to sit down and watch that sometimes. I'm just not in the mood. I'd rather watch, like, yeah. an actual TV I, I movie. I can watch, like, hours He could do it. Yeah. He does it all the time when I'm not, like, paying attention to the TV. Yeah. But this made it very easy to like get that like quick little stand up sure, thing quick, it was like, super funny very funny it was weird because we probably end up watching an hour and a half of it but it's three different comedians yeah so, so you're like, getting different approaches and styles and it like, didn't feel like the presentation the was also super cool like yeah. being able to see uh, like oh yeah here's this comic and then like the intro is just like the end of one comic segment mm-hmm. is watching the other comic on the sideline clap right. and then come on stage and then that's the next episode. Also, I'll just it say felt like being treatment. at a show. It did, it did. Yeah. And they did a really cool type treatment thing where they yeah. just laid it into the actual scene. Uh, it's not important and doesn't affect your viewing experience, but it is cool. I like when they do that. No, it's good. Um, it's well presented, the whole thing. It is. Netflix yeah. knows what it's doing. Speaking of, uh, Glow that's, <laughs> is a new series. <laughs> 
with uh, the chick from Community. Alison Brie. Alison Mark Brie. Mark Maron. Mark uh, Maron is in Fucking it. Kate Nash, the British singer, plays the British girl. Uh, That's Kate Nash? Yeah. <laughs> How did you know that? Because I watched the credits in the beginning and they were like, Kate Nash. And I was like, what? <laughs> you wouldn't even know who she was if it weren't for me. And I, I know, I know. No I, I never listen to any of her music Wait. except for when you have it playing. She, she's a... She's a redhead normally, so I'm guessing she's a she's, redhead in the show she's a, too. What? Yeah, she's just very like she's very much a sideline character. I think okay, she says I feel three like lines. I have not been uh, paying attention at, at least all in the first three episodes. She says maybe two lines, and she hangs up. out with like the video ho, who like you know the white girl who's like I'm fucking I drive a limo. Right, right. She right. hangs out the with Van her. So, yeah, so she's a kind of like a background character. I'm gonna have to watch this. I can't believe I did not know that. I yeah. Fucking love Kate Nash. Yeah, it's Kate Nash. <laughs> I mean, like I, do, I like I love listening to her music. I guess I never really pay attention to that much of what she looks like. Otherwise, I'm sure I would have noticed. But yeah, weird. Yeah, but like uh, weird. That shows. I we've seen. Love it. I've seen three, three yeah, or four. I've I can't remember. Watched but. full two and then fell asleep during third one. I have a problem. And with that's that not. It's not the bad. The show is bad. Or no, boring. it's just I seriously cannot stop falling asleep. Right. I just want to put that in because you were like, I fell asleep. During the third one. No, it was not because it was not good. Yeah. I literally have fallen asleep like every day by accident. <laughs> I don't know what's happening with, to me, uh, with me. I just keep falling asleep. But no, there's so a, there's nothing, a uh, no reflection on the show. The the show's really funny. Um, it it's play, about female wrestlers. It plays into the eighties. It does uh, pretty heavily, which is I, I, probably a major reason for why I like it. Yeah, I mean, it's always fun to watch something that's like period. Yeah. Um, Peace. Mark Maron's great because yeah, Mark Maron's probably the funniest one. To they me. somehow found a show that is not Maron yeah. to let Mark Maron just be Mark Maron. Yeah. <laughs> And it works. He's funny. <laughs> yeah, he's great. And I like Marin. I'm not a huge fan of WTF and Mark Marin. Um, yeah. I just don't find him. I don't. I don't find him interesting enough when he just has conversations. But I find Marin to be funny. But I, also, Marin I also has think other his writers, his so. stand up is very funny. Um, I like it a lot. I don't. I uh, I know I've seen it. I don't think I particularly like it a ton. I liked it a lot. But he but does. He does show, do long sets. Like he did like an hour and a half for his his. Thing. He didn't do just an hour. Yeah, he, this show though works very well. Mark Maron's very Mark Maron, but it's very funny. Yeah, and then because I think I like Mark Maron when other people are helping write Mark Maron be Mark Maron. Sure, yeah. Um, I think the the cast of women. Granted, I'm only a couple episodes in, and a lot of their like stories haven't been told, mm-hmm. but the characterizations are very funny. The like, and yeah. I was telling Lacey like, there's a woman on that show that I just every time she's on screen, I fucking laugh. And it's uh, the woman who thinks she's a wolf. Oh, yeah. Uh, it, it is... She's, it's weird. This show is weird. <laughs> it's weird and I don't know where it's going, which is a good segue to the an, another thing, which is Preacher, which has just been fucking killing it. Yeah, this the last... We've, we've, we're behind an episode. We've seen the first three. Yeah, it's Fucking cold. killing it. <laughs> it's doing so many things well, and it's not really going a lot of places, but then it is going a lot of places, and you're like, I don't know... At one minute, I'm just like, what the fuck is this show? And the next minute, I'm just like, everything somehow makes all kinds of sense. <laughs> yeah. And that's weird, because I don't know when that happened, but I feel like when this episode's over, I'm like, I'm oh, following yeah, this. Yeah, there's like a thing now. Yeah, and I'm just like, it's weird. Yeah. But I really, there's, really They're actually starting like to like build mystery I want to watch the next one afterwards, but it's already 8.42 at night. Yeah, I don't have anywhere to go tomorrow. Oh, um, fuck, you don't. <laughs> and I get to take the car. Yeah. We should totally watch it. We're totally gonna. Okay, uh, <laughs> sorry. I mean, that was a little bit of backroom talk you didn't need to hear. <laughs> yeah. Inside uh, baseball. Else? Um, I have... No. Okay. 
I finally finished American Gods. It's really good. Oh, did you uh, finally finish it? Yeah, that? I did. Um, um, I am trying to finish Better Call Saul, but the streams are not giving it to me right now. I'm yeah, real yeah. upset about it's it. It's really bad. really just want to finish the season of um, Better Call Saul. Did we watch a movie that was really good? Mm, I mean, we have excellent taste, so probably? Um, <laughs> no, I don't know. I don't think so. Yeah. Um, we've talked about I'm gonna. Everything. I'm going to try to watch my first... I know this is. I keep saying this, but it's not true. I've seen a bunch of anime series, but Netflix did the video game anime based on Castlevania right. that I'm totally gonna watch. Are and it's only four episodes. The Death Note thing? Yeah, I am. I'm, I'm catching like a few episodes here and there. Um, mm-hmm. I usually watch like one or two, okay. and then that's I it. mean, I didn't really. Care. It's hard I just to get wanted through. You to admit that you were like. More, no, no, it's because you're watching that anime as well. Yeah, it's Liar. hard. It's, it's hard to get through because I don't like the over exaggeration of anime. Yeah, so. I'm. I'm gonna wait for the TV show. Yeah. I mean, a live action TV show. I mean, all right. It's well, a movie actually. Is it? Yeah, by Adam Wingard. It's oh. a live action movie. Alrighty. Yeah. Well, I'll watch it. Willem Dafoe. Yeah. Uh, you know, in the first Spider Man movie, but he's pretty good. Still, he's still pretty good. Didn't like it. It was real boring. Uh, so that's our show. Yes. Thanks for listening. Yeah. Sorry, we took a week and a half again. Um, yeah, we we're having a real hard time just getting back into the so swing listen, of things. Things take longer here. In huh? in Salt Lake City, we yeah. go to the movies, be back home, five minutes. Sure. Here, yes. it's like a three hour process it, to it, go it and go and true. do anything. So this it's like is true. it's like a half hour to get to the movies. Right, because we walk and then we watch we, the movie. Yeah, we live close enough to walk, <laughs> but not close enough that it's a quick walk. Yeah, <laughs> uh, and then we have to go see watch the movie, movie, which is like. A lot of these movies have been long, too, it feels like. Yeah, these movies have and been pushing. And then we have to walk back uphill. Yeah. Um, and so by and the time we get back. we're not like small people. Uh, right. So it's. Yeah, it's, we're. <laughs> yeah. No, because we also eat a lot of popcorn. Yeah. And then we go eat afterwards and usually drink alcohol. And, and, and that then takes time. And we walk uphill home yeah, I think for half an hour. The entire Spider-Man Homecoming thing took us like four It took hours. so long. Four and a half hours. It takes so long to do it. That being uh, said, I mean, you had your best pancakes ever. Oh my god, those pancakes were bomb. <laughs> Jesus, I want some pancakes. Why do you have to bring that up today? <laughs> today of all days. <laughs> I'm sorry. Want to watch preaching? Yes. Okay, bye Thanks guys. for listening. <laughs> have a... Okay, bye. <laughs>